Drop the Subject. <laughs> okay, hey, this, this is, is the new, new channel. <laughs> this, this is, is the, the new, new channel cue. <laughs> <laughs> the internet machine and being able to connect from live across the country. Yes, yes. I, don't I don't know if, if you, you listening can, can hear this giant, giant echo, echo <laughs> but, but it, it actually feels, feels really, really powerful. powerful. I, feel I feel like I am, I am the, the voice of God. God. Hey, hey, it's, it's me. me. Um, yep, yep, I'm a, I'm woman. a woman. I know, I know a lot of, a lot of you were surprised by that. <laughs> but but uh, I, I smote, smote you. you. Okay. I, I will tell you, um, uh, giving you all a peek behind the curtain, we always joke about how many Justins we have here at Channel Q. I'm too here too in New many. York at 1010 Wins. I want to thank them for allowing us to use their studio. And there's a producer, Justin, here as well that is helping <laughs> us uh, with our live connection and uh, getting everything working. So uh, if, if the sound is a little weird, we're working on it. But uh, it's live radio, folks. So thank you. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Intercom, Intercom is, making is making sure every single Justin gets employed in America. Every single Justin in America will work at Intercom. They, they will leave no, no Justin, Justin unturned. unturned. No Justin, exactly. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I mean, I mean this, this is live radio. radio. We're obviously connecting with Jared Hill, Hill, who is still in New York and was celebrating World Pride all weekend. And, and it, it seems, seems that, that we're having, having some technical, 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 technical difficulties. difficulties. It's, it's really, really hard to speak when, when you're being echoed like, like a, a half, half a second, second later. Yeah. And, and then you, you have, have to hear your own shrill voice in your ear. I think that we should probably take a little moment to fix whatever's going on. Yes, I. Uh, you, we can take a quick break. Get another, yeah, another Justin, Justin on it. We'll get another Justin as well. Um, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, <laughs> we'll talk about World Pride and all of the stories that we, we have coming up in this story, on this show, I should say. We've got many, so you don't want to miss it. You're listening to Drop the Subject in Echo. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. Check one, two. Check one, two. Okay, there we go. This has dropped the subject. Jared, are you there? I am here. Are you there, Allie? I am here, and I feel a little sad that the echo is gone now because I feel so powerless. I was going to. It sounded better to us than it did to the listeners at home. <laughs> yes. I was going to have a whole uh, monologue, from, you know, and for the perspective of God being like, all right, I know I'm going to here to answer a bunch of questions for you. Gays are cool, <laughs> vegans are not. I was going to do a whole bit. <laughs> Maybe we all have to do it another time. I love vegans are not, to yeah. be clear. <laughs> Just want to make it clear, gays are cool, <laughs> vegans no. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I I think we're okay, but you might be God later on. Who knows? Oh, I guess well, we'll see. Hey, I, I welcome it. Um, There's a lot to talk about today. It's the first day of July. The year is half over. What have you, but what, what's going on? You know, you're halfway through 2019. How's it going? How's that New Year's resolution? Yeah, you totally forgot about it, didn't you? Oh, New Year's resolution. Jeez Louise, that yeah. seems like it was a year ago. I know. Did you, did you have a New Year's resolution? I didn't. I tend to not make New Year's resolutions uh, and, and because I feel like, you know, they always say like the 21st day of January, people tend to be completely abandoning them. Um, so I don't tend to make New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Well, they say that you have to do little like a... Another suggestion at the beginning of the year was talking about doing a, a different resolution for every month of the year. Oh. So you, instead of doing one like, oh, I'm going to quit smoking and lose 170 pounds, and it's like unrealistic, uh, you could just do, okay, uh, January, I'm going to focus on not eating sugar. February, I'm going to focus on less technology. March, I'm going to focus on less, you know, I like that, whatever. Actually. So that throughout the year, you have a different goal and you can actually, it, the goals are more achievable because you're spreading them out. 
that feels so much more attainable than like I'm going to spend the whole year focusing on you know going to the gym every day or whatever. Like I'm just going to get through these four weeks and we will see where I am next month. Yeah, like, I I think that sounds a lot more reasonable. No, definitely because I I the gym I go to on on January second that place was packed. Oh my god! And it's now it's like <laughs> it's like scarce. It's like January is the worst month to go to the gym. Like, yeah, I know. And it's hard year. on the trainers too yeah. because they're like, all right, I gotta you know they they she was like my teacher was like all right we're gonna get you guys really strong now because all the new people are gonna be coming in in january and i'm gonna have to make the class like less difficult because there's gonna be all these new people that if if i make the class just as hard they're gonna like run away yeah Yeah. (laughs) so it is it must be a tough time of year for them but anyway the year is half over and july 1st i feel like we can all breathe a sigh of relief because pride month is over and pride month was exhausting well i will say like being here in new york for pride i I think i tweeted over the weekend like i'm gonna say it new york is too gay right now like there were (laughs) i did see that there was an estimated five million people coming to town for world pride and i felt like every corner every street every store every restaurant it was just like gays bouncing around and you can always spot the gays because there's like muscles and like half a shirt and short shorts and a backwards cap a lot of mesh just a lot oh my god so much mesh and fishnet <laughs> stockings on men and it was just so much but i will say i went to the the parade parade last night or yesterday well well you so clear, you did go because last i talked to you we kept asking if you were gonna you're in new york you're in new york yeah. for world pride are you gonna go it's supposed to be a star-studded weekend and you were yeah. like eh, so I you was, ended up going i was very iffy on whether or not i was gonna go and i did end up going so it was uh it, a friend of mine convinced me that he was like oh come meet me and i was like Okay, we went to Washington Square Park, which was close to the parade, and then we were like, well, we're this close, we might as well go. So then we did go, and it was great. It wasn't nearly as, like, crammed, packed. Like, I was thinking five million people in this, you know, however many block radius would just be, like, gridlock. And it was actually moving. Everything was pretty good. Um, I saw a lot of the floats. Now, I will tell you this. I think the parade started at 10 a.m., and it actually aired on ABC all all across the country. But the the Pride Parade, guess what time it ended last night? Last night? Oh, Lord. Okay, well, let it started me, at 10 a.m. Let so. me be more clear. Let me guess what time it ended this morning. Stop it. The last people were walking in the parade at 1232 a.m. <laughs> okay, this is not, I mean, we need to have a cap. There needs to be more Allie. of a vetting process with these floats. Or, I mean, they can't just let anybody say, hey, I want to march. And you're like, hey, add to the conga line. And then before you know it, the it's conga line four, is 17 and, miles long. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's not how it works. We need to be more selective, gays. We no, can't be like, so inclusive. It's so insane. Like, I, I remember hearing on Saturday, like someone was talking about, they were in the parade and they were saying oh our step out time is seven o'clock and i remember thinking seven o'clock for a parade that starts at 10 like that's gonna end up being 9 30 the so, last people stepped off of the parade route at 12 32 a.m this morning so who was actually watching the parade seemed there like everyone was in out it there too that's what's crazy like looking at the video there's still people out there and like walking and cheering and like cars and like flags and all i was like who is out there this late no i think i think that that's enough pride it's plenty of it's pride. It's plenty. Well, I mean, so, what was the whole, like, how is every is everyone walking at a snail's pace? I mean, can't I, this be a pride run? Well, so the problem is they have so many acts and I feel like they never do a good job of figuring out the timing of it because I remember being in the parade in 2016 and our start time, if it was like 12 o'clock or whatever, by like 1.30, we were still sitting in the holding queue waiting to go and like a lot of us just left. Like, 
I'm yeah. not going to be here all day waiting to go. So I knew that when he said seven o'clock was her step off time, I was like, there's no possible way that they're going to be actually stepping off at seven o'clock. And mm. that's how I knew it was going to be crazy. I didn't know it was going to go until 1232 this morning. That's ridiculous. Well, you've got every single corporation in Pride now. There were protests for oh, people against corporations in Pride from now on. There was even a, I don't even know if you went to this, Jarrett, there was a Reclaim Pride march in New York as well. So okay, near the air, new, near the area of Pride, there was a celebration called Reclaim Pride, which was the coalition's queer liberation march taking place in tandem with Pride. Oh, yes. And yes. it was aimed to curb the exploitation of our communities for profit and against corporate and state pinkwashing. So here's my challenge which with that. sounds like a I, dyke march to I me. Get, it does sound like a dyke <laughs> march. Um, I will say my, my feelings are mixed on this. Like I do feel like Pride has been more corporate this year than it's ever been. And that probably has a lot to do with the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. But also I feel like when these companies don't embrace LGBTQ plus people or when they don't embrace people of color or they don't ex- ex- uh, embrace people's different bodies and things like that, we're upset with them. But then when they do do it, then we're like, oh, you're only doing this totally. because you, you want you know the money and it's like you you're can't damned if you're us. doing you're damned if you don't exactly yeah so yeah. I don't know what the right answer is no I don't know but I just want to say that queers we are the most colorful tax write-off <laughs> we are indeed. that you've ever seen so corporation or no we're a good time uh, okay. we so, have some more st- we have we're backed up already we're already backed up kind of like the pride parade but we're gonna make it through this <laughs> we're we not gonna be do here this until 1232 yeah, exactly. yes. um, we're gonna when we come back I want to find out if you feel any guilt about like not participating in gay events over the course of pride oh like, I'm happy to weigh in on that yes I, I felt a little bit of guilt because I wasn't at everything we'll talk about that and we've got a whole slew of stories coming up as far as politics are concerned pop culture stories there's so much more to talk about you're not going to miss it you're listening to drop the subject with Jared and Allie on the new channel Q on your radio and radio.com drop the subject we'll be right back drop the subject yes the new channel q drop the subject on this first day of july i am ali johnson and Jarrett hill is in new york fresh off of world pride you went to you're still in the parade are you outside right now or are you still in the studio <laughs> no i actually just walked off the parade to come into the mic um <laughs> yes i can hear the uh the boa around your neck oh yes i'm ruffling the feathers as, as you guys we are <laughs> uh so now Picking back up where we left off, we're talking about World Pride and 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 uh, the thousands and millions of people that were there. I would imagine beyond the parade, the parade you said was seventeen thousand hours long, and then there were probably a thousand after parties or pre parties or during parties. So, did you go to any of those? Because I think that they they really pressure you to go to all that. So I did not know how many friends I would have coming into town, and like every gay person like I know was like oh we're in New York oh we just decided to come to New York oh we're gonna be in New York and so then you feel like that new pressure that you didn't see coming of like oh I have to see all these people and I realistically didn't end up seeing any of them but like I had uh, an ex who's here and was partying literally his insta story feed was like one party another party another party another party another party going to brunch in the streets going to a party and it was just like <laughs> i don't know how you do that like yeah well, you it know just, it was exhausting to look at their feeds and i was like i'm tr- i want to come out and see you all but like i don't party that hard and I'm, I'm exhausted looking at what you're doing i agree my mom i was talking to my mom this weekend and she said you know when 
I, she's always said this. She said, when I come back in another life, I want to come back as a gay man because they look like they have the most fun. Oh my God. Especially in too. San Francisco. They're like, oh, you know, they're, they're making a lot of money. They're walking their really nice purebred dogs and they're going to brunch and they're going to the gym and they just seem like they have the best life and they never run out of energy. Um, but you're saying no. I, I hate to disappoint your mom, but I <laughs> want to come exhausting. back. I want to come back as the gay man she's talking about because like, <laughs> I just, I feel like everyone was partying so hard. And I guess maybe if I came into town for this, I would be going hard at it. But like, I've been here for two weeks already. And I mean, like we've been saying for weeks now, like this has been like the longest, you know, most intense pride ever. Um, But like people who came in on Thursday or Friday, like they partied the entire weekend and then flew back to wherever they came from. I had friends here that were here from Chicago, friends from Phoenix, friends from LA, friends from all over. And it's just Oh, well, the LA, you can see them later. Exactly. Who cares exactly. about that? Yeah, it was I, very low priority for the LA people, but like, come on, like, right? Everybody's been going hard. Well, you had the extra pressure of being somebody like, ah, oh, hey, I'm here from out of town, and you're like, oh, I have to see the friends from out of town, but also I don't want to have to go to a party if I don't want to go to it. And the pride shame is a real thing. Being shamed say, for not you've... going to pride, and I am here to stand against it. Yeah, okay? I was say, I, some people, feel... some gays want to stay in. <laughs> do you ever feel guilt about like? not being out there and like because I was feeling a lot of guilt and then I was telling myself like no if you don't want to go you don't have to go and I I kept going back and forth with myself I was having real anxiety about it I'm okay not going and I think you should be okay not going that being said I did I hosted an LGBT comedy night this weekend and I totally used that pride shame to get people there (laughs) well there you go I was like you gotta come and support queer comedy come on it's pride month and everyone was like god damn it so I was I was on the the giving and the receiving end of the pride shame but still that being said do your own thing I'm saying that we're out of time I'm gonna feel shame if we go over this mark (laughs) So we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. And we have a lot more to get to. We've got a late start, so we are getting caught up on News It or Lose It, which is coming up. We have Closet Watch. There were more people that came out of the closet right before the end of Pride Month, right at the last second. They were like, okay, bye. And it's someone that we've talked about quite a bit on this show already. Yes. Uh, So it's exciting. Yeah, and I'm just going to go out there and say that I think come out stories or coming outs in general are sort of getting the popularity of gender reveals. Like how? Like people are doing them in like fantastical or creative ways to be well, like, I'm gay instead of or like, you know, like a, announcing a proposal or something like that. Like there's another valedictorian that also came out during their valedictorian speech. And we talked about somebody doing that oh, at BYU. Right, BYU. And yeah. now another one did it. Now I, I just feel like with with the way like people don't just make announcements anymore they get creative about their announcements or they like hide their announcements or they well, have these interesting ways to reveal these things now everything has to make a moment for social media it does so yeah so yeah, okay. like I'm gonna do a gay photo shoot and that'll be the way or like I'm gonna jump out of a plane and then my parachute's gonna say I'm gay yeah so I <laughs> yeah I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit but um, you have the, something about 
a pool story that I tried not to read, so I would be well. Yes, it for the first time, Jared. I think it's important that we uh, warn everybody about the dangers of enjoying the pool over the summer. You know, a lot of people are going to be spending time poolside. Of course, you think it's so relaxing and exciting, especially for Fourth of July holidays. Everyone's like, as long as I'm near a pool, relaxing and eating a hot dog, everything's going to be fine. Well, I just wanted to let you know that just when you thought it was safe to get in the water. Crypto, the fecal parasite, has now been transmitting through swimming pools and it is on the rise. Let me stop you. Crypto, the fecal parasite, sounds like Crypto, the fecal parasite. I was going to say, it sounds like an awful comic book movie. Uh, Yeah. Do you want to know all about this new parasite? I actually don't know how new it is, but it is spreading like wildfire. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The parasite's full name is Cryptosoridium. It causes cryptosidisibidubidu, which can leave healthy adults suffering pr- from profuse, oh, well, you know, through the bowels as, for as long as How three has weeks. Marvel not bought the rights to this? <laughs> and now, cryptodialysis. Like, what? <laughs> this should be some kind of superhero's kryptonite. Absolutely. Cryptosiridium. I, I mean, I, there's so many places that this goes in my mind that we don't even have time for, but go on, sorry. We can't go on with the battle because he got the runs. I win. Exactly. Uh, like, I mean, your power is giving people the runs. Like, I mean, how? that's pretty dang... That almost, yeah, I, that I, would make me into a Marvel movie. Like oh I would, I, I'm not super into the Marvel action movies, but if there was cryptosiridium involved, I think I would. That would win me over. Think about how debilitating it is if you have gastrointestinal issues. <laughs> like legit serious. Like if you got to go all the time, yeah, you, you're, it completely cripples your day. And then you know they say don't get into a hot tub if you've had diarrhea in the last two weeks. So if you've got cryptosiridium and IBS, I mean you're never gonna go in a hot oh tub God. again as long as you live, and that's a horror. Life. Like, you don't want to go out. Okay, sorry. Tell your story. All right. <laughs> and, uh, 287 people have been hospitalized between tw- 2009 and 2017, but it is on the rise now. So please be careful. Uh, oh, no. For, okay. Between two, twenty between 2009 and 2017, there were 444 cryptosiridios outbreaks in 40 different states and in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And the outbreaks resulted in 7,465 people falling ill, and it comes from recreational water. So uh, just, you know, I would say give the pool a once over. Maybe look at who's swimming in there before you dip your toe in because it could be a dangerous, could could affect you weeks later. So I really try hard to not be a worry wart. Like part of me didn't want to go to the parade, parade last <laughs> Then you came yesterday. to the wrong place. Exactly right. Wrong show. I, I Part of me didn't want to go to the pride parade yesterday because I was like a little bit concerned about like security and all that with, you know, the, the times that we live in. And like now it's like don't get in recreational water. Like, jeez <laughs> right. Louise. Yeah. Even if you go to a resort and you yep. feel like, you know, you pay for that for that moment, it's not worth right. it. Oh, uh, okay. okay, news it or lose it. Here we go. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Jared, I'm going to give you five stories. You decide what we news and what we lose, and what we news we get into at the top of the of the next hour. What we lose, we do not get into. We say that headline is dumb, boring, and we're going to throw it out the window. I can't wait for my news or lose it with you later. Oh, really? I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Yeah. Okay, headline number one. Facebook bans ads telling people not to vote. Oh. <laughs> um, I think that one's pretty self-contained, though. 
I'll lose it. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, because I feel like we kind of get what that one's about. Okay. Don't vote, everyone. It's stupid. Like, what, are, <laughs> exactly. what are those ads? <laughs> Voting is overrated. Uh, but fill out vote, this survey. <laughs> voting is so two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Voting doesn't matter. All right. Uh, headline number two. Janet Weiss to leave Slater Kenny. I don't know any of those words. <laughs> It's a girl band. Oh, I am like the drummer is leaving. Apparently, I've is this never a band that you like. No, I've never okay. heard of them. Lose it. Okay, headline number three today in nightmare news: wasp nests the size of cars are appearing in Alabama again. <gasps> oh my god! Again. Um, I'm guessing this has something to do with climate change. Oh God. Uh, let's news it. Super wasps, the climate I change. I know, right? We really need to just think about it. Okay, we're newsing that. Headline number four, is dating better without booze? We ask the experts. <laughs> um, sure, <laughs> news it. Okay, great. And then finally, scented flatulence pills make your emissions smell like roses. Oh, we have to do that. <laughs> After the you pooping in the pool story, me, I know, I know you weren't expecting that. <laughs> okay. After the pooping in the pool story, how can we not do scented flatulence? I mean, we gotta. There's a theme. It's a theme show, apparently. <laughs> exactly. So we'll get into all that today in Nightmare News. Wasp nests the size of cars are appearing in Alabama again. Is dating better without booze? We asked the experts. And scented flatulence pills. So all that and more is coming up. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. <laughs> I was just looking at this list of why people should not be drinking on first dates. This is one of the stories you decided to news, Jared. So it's very interesting. I'm glad you said to news it. I actually had someone on a first date get like a little drunk and started their personality started to change. And I was like, I'll never see you again. <laughs> well, but did you? who did you like better, the sober one or the drunk one? Um, sober one was fine but not great and then the drunk one i was like oh hail to oh, okay yeah but then it's also kind of nice to get that out of the way early right you didn't waste your time and money on other dates the oh alcohol absolutely. helped you make your decision absolutely yeah so i think this can go both ways all right this is drop the subject uh on the new channel qi i'm ali johnson and jared hill is live in new york after a long weekend at world pride who girl <laughs> you didn't even go to all the parties and you're exhausted. Oh, my God. Uh, I was exhausted watching them on Instagram. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. Okay, news it or lose it. Let's get into it now. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. When I met my wife, we met online on an, a little app called OkCupid. And really? Yes, I was the first date that she had oh, ever had right. on social on a on a dating app, and I was I the first girl I she ever Katie. dated. <laughs> you forgot you hated her. I forgot I hated her because yeah. of that. Yeah, uh, she has the biggest success story of I think any dating app. She met the first person that she met on a dating app was the one she married. Either that, or she just has really low standards. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> but when we met, we met at a when we actually met in person, we met at a concert. Which, of course, there's usually drinking involved. And we did partake in drinking. I think the first night that we, like the first few dates that we had, you know, we were we were drinking. And, I mean, of course, 
you do present a certain way when you're under the influence, whether good or bad, uh, you know, whether that increases the your ability to get along or what. Eventually, you know, six months to a year in, you start realizing, oh, this is their real personality, sober or drunk. You know, it kind of clouds your judgment a little bit. So right. there's this interesting article now about staying sober through the dating process and how it can actually make your dating process a lot better. Uh, there's this guy named... MJ Gottlieb and he Good old MJ. <laughs> he is the co-founder and CEO of Lucid, which is a digital platform for the sober community to connect and find alcohol-free events and experiences and, you know, for for people who want to not drink on their dates. He hmm. says that many people don't understand the insane value of having the dating component. When dating on other platforms, nine times out of ten in the conversation leading up to a date, I would get from the woman, wait, you don't drink? How are we going to have any fun? So when you know, you're know you a sober person, it's probably hard to go on first dates like that because most of the time it's kind of understood that you're going to go to a bar or you're going to go to some place where alcohol is involved. Well, so I... I, so at first, now I'm realizing like this is about being sober, like seemingly for people who have like kind of had to move away from alcohol. But it's also I, I dated someone who, when he would drink, he would become like a different person, and so it, it kind of right. That's the fun way. of it. Well, <laughs> it, it wasn't fun be- for me because he would become like a real a hole, oh. and so I would be like, I don't want to be around you when you're drinking. But he always wanted to have like he would always be. That was the only way he knew how to be social was like with alcohol. And I was like, well, then I don't want to go out with you because like every time we go out, by the time we get home, like you're like irate and like I'm not here for that. And yeah. so it's like it's a it's a double edged sword, I guess. Like you you I kind of want to know what you're like when you go out and when you're when you have alcohol. So I don't know. I don't know if this is a good thing or a yeah. Bad thing. Well, that guy was a bad drunk then because you get the you get when you're a drunk like that, you get like a window of like a couple of hours where you're interesting and tolerable and exciting to and like when you're in the bar scenario and you're being more social with people, and then you get the bad end of it, which is at the very end of the night they turn. There's like a moment where you, things turn and. And then they become like angry and then you have to deal with all the negative right parts and i always the had drinking. to then it was like always an argument and like and you know what i mean and it was just like yeah. i don't I'm actually really good off of this relationship. Yeah. Well, it says that uh, in this article, it says your actions are probably more genuine when no one's drinking. You're seeing things a little more clearly. You're getting more of a dynamic experience, but it is probably going to be a lot more awkward. <laughs> He said, yes, that is undeniable. Not drinking can definitely increase anxiety. A first date is an awkward experience. So being sober ensures that you're really feeling all of those anxiety feelings. And that's, I think, why a lot of people drink on first dates is because you got to get that liquid courage. You got to have something that's going to calm your nerves a little bit. At least that's what a lot of people think. That's interesting. I, I, I feel like if I had to... If I had to be like inebriated to be on a date, I would probably not want to be on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, being I, as inebriated. I you, <laughs> well, as you, as you, you were as late you, and I was nervous. Well, right, but like I, as I told you before, like my body's really weird with like any kind of substance. So, like for me, the other day, for instance, yesterday when I was out at Pride, um, apparently there's this thing in New York called the Nutcracker, which is like a, a mixed drink that they sell on the street or whatever. And like I had one, and like. I could feel myself like going into the into like being buzzed or whatever, but like realistically, it just means I'm sleepy. Like it right. always translates to me being tired. So if that would be me on a date, like just sleepy and like I just want to go home and go to bed. Well, that's why you got to go for vodka Red Bull. 
I guess maybe. It's horrible yeah. for your heart, but good for dates. Well, there we go. There we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, moving on to the next story. Today in Nightmare News, wasp nests the size of cars. So these are appearing again in Alabama. I know what you were thinking. Oh, wow. Alabama is such a great tourist destination. It's such a wonderful place to live. How could something like this be happening there? Uh, this will make you never want to visit in case you were already not planning on visiting Yikes. Alabama. So scientists issued a buzzword worthy warning to Alabama residents fun pun I see what you did there that thousands of wasps are making the state home in what are called perennial yellow jacket nests so I know you, th- you picture things that you're afraid of. You think of bees, right? Then you think of yellow jackets, which are even more aggressive than bees. Then you think of yellow jacket nests. Horrifying. Now there are super yellow jacket nests oh my God. that are three, four times the size of regular ones. So like in a regular colony of yellow jackets, there's like four to five thousand little worker bees that are in that nest. These ones have like upwards of 15,000 yellow jackets and they take over houses and cars. Oh my god. Uh, No wait, are you saying that the yellow jackets themselves are also larger? Uh, well, yellow jackets, I don't know if the, the actual yellow jackets are larger than regular ones. Okay. I think their nests are just really big. Oh and God. I guess this happened in 2006 where they, they, they called the perennial nests or the super nests were taking over. Like there's a picture of a car. The entire inside of a car is the nest. It's ugh, it's disgusting. Oh, my God. Um, and so that was happening and in 2006. Now this year, they're already seeing. They've already been seeing some of these, so they're like, it's going to be even worse in 2019. Oh my <laughs> is God, this is horrifying. So fun, fun, fun. This sounds like something directly out of a like a, a nightmare of mine. Like you're like, what just happened right now? Exactly. Oh, these are the a- thing. These are the nightmares that you have that you're like, that can't be real. And then you wake up and you look at CNN and you're like, oh no, that is real. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we have one more story, but we're going to have to take a break and get back to it. Okay. And then we have some political stuff we got to get into. Absolutely. So all that uh, politics and scented flatulence pills. (laughs) (laughs) The dichotomy continues. You're listening to Drop the Subject on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. Okay, you're listening. Listen, you are listening to drop the subject, and I am sober. I promise. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've only had two and a half shots, so I'm still under the legal limit. I would be under the table. <laughs> really? Oh my With god! Two I'm shots. A, I'm such a lightweight. Yeah. Wow. Well, but maybe you're not such under a tall guy. I guess I'm I just know. surprised that you'd be such a lightweight. Well, I'm not. Okay, I wouldn't be under the table, but like two and a half shots, I'd be feeling myself. <laughs> Be like, how are you? Uh, I think that we have to do an experiment with you, Jared, and get you very drunk and also not let you sleep and just see what you say. Justin, add that to the list of things we'll never do. (laughs) There's a lot of things on that (laughs) list already. I'm saying. Uh, Okay, before we move on to politics, we have to finish one of the stories that you decided to news. This was your choice, Jared. Mm -hmm. And it is about a new... Why are you saying it like that? I'm just saying. (laughs) we're We're about to talk about poop. Well, not poop, but the anyway. about fla- about flavored or scented flatulence. Yes. Yeah, so basically, I'm amazed already because the person who invented this pill, this is a pill, by the way, uh, that will make your flatulence smell better, mm-hmm. and it was invented by a French guy. 
which surprised me because I was like, man, he's really breaking the stereotype here. You know, he's some he's a French guy doing something good in the world of of, of scent and smelling th- and, you know, because they have that reputation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, good for him. And he looks like Santa Claus. He's wearing a, a one of those, you, you know, one of those guys that uh, row things on the canal. Uh, you mean like oh, the, like on the gondolas? Yes, the gondola. He's like wearing the gondola outfit, so he's uh, he's he's looks like a cartoon character. Okay, looks like a guy who would invent a fart pill. Anyway, he invented. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not touching that. He invented this uh, while he was sitting around with friends. They had just had a meal together, and apparently it gave them all a lot of gas. So he in a in a in an aha moment decided hey why don't we develop a pill that is going to change the way your gas smells so he created this pill and there are several different scents that you can choose from and listen to these really quickly let me know if you would be down for any of them god i'm nervous now christmas chocolate mayday lily what (laughs) valentine's ginger Violet and Rose, and they are priced at 17 euro per bottle. I don't know. Like, couldn't we just do like crisp linen and like <laughs> a new car, new right. new fart smell, vanilla, I th- you know, like just, what do these things even mean? You know, here's the thing with this stuff is like when poopery was invented, everybody was like, oh, my God, I love poopery. It's making everything smell better. But then that smell I mean, it smelled good, that citrusy kind of bergamot smell. You're like, oh, this is nice. Then eventually, after we all start using it, you start associating it with... With the poop. With the poop. And then it becomes not a good smell. Like, one of those poopery bottles exploded in my purse one day. My purse forever smells like poopery. It's not a good smell to me anymore. I'm like, oh, my Lord, my purse smells like crap. So you can't ruin Christmas, chocolate, lilies, Valentine's, ginger. But like when I hear Christmas, I'm like, there's so many different things that that could be, but I'm guessing it probably smells like a pine tree or something. <laughs> and who wants nice to fart fur. pine? Like, that just sounds awful. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's better than, than the normal smell, but I think that we should just let sleeping dogs lie. Let's just all understand that they smell bad and they will continue to because any other smell that we pick is going to be ruined I don't know why let sleeping dogs lie just irked me, but let sleeping it did. dogs fart. Okay. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, okay. Right. So taking a look at a couple of the politics headlines that are, have come out over the weekend, one of the biggest stories that happened over the weekend happened kind of in the middle of the night here in the United States. Uh, the president has been overseas uh, for the G20, where it's a convening of you know various different world leaders, um, and this is usually something that you know happens a couple times throughout the year. And the president uh, has always seemed to, well, President Trump has always seemed to make news that you're not supposed to be making um, when he goes to these these kinds of summits. Sure. And so while he was overseas, he tweeted at Kim Jong-un, uh, the North Korean leader, dictator, and basically asked him if he could meet him while he was there via Twitter. Now, why is that a problem? Because we have a an, an entire secretary, I mean, a, a Department of State that handles diplomatic relations like that, that, you know, puts these things together because just kind of doing it on a whim, you know, brings a lot of, of uncertainty and, and concern for security for various different reasons. Um, 
and the people of North Korea responded by saying like, um, we haven't heard from your diplomats about anything regarding this. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, and so, yeah. And, and so it was kind of assumed like this might not happen. And then, and literally in the hours before, like three hours before, um, all of the headlines came out saying this is actually going to happen. And they met in what's called the, the DMZ or the demilitarized zone where oh, uh, I was like, oh, that is a bad meeting place. Exactly. The DMZ, yeah. No way. Yeah. But like the DMZ is the, is the, the actual border. There's, there's a line drawn on the ground um, that's actually built onto the ground between South Korea and North Korea. And it's a space where even while they were at war, like that space was supposed to be a safe space for people to be able to meet for diplomatic for relations. Uh, the president went there and shook hands with Kim Jong-un over across that line and then stepped over the line into North Korea, took photos, did the whole thing and then had a meeting. Why is this a problem? Like yeah. on some level, it's great because you know people look at it as saying seeing it as a diplomatic moment that happened between two countries that are still technically at war. But on the other side, it's like Kim Jong Un continues to look more and more like a legitimate leader to his people because he keeps being engaged by the president of the United States and. That is a problem because he's continuing to to harm his people, to hurt journalists, and right. also developing nuclear power. Why don't which, we leave the Kim Jong Un friendships to uh, Dennis Rodman? I I mean, at least Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I mean, let's just leave it there. Let let's him do all that. Just leave it there. Yeah, it's a it's a big problem that continues to grow. Um, we're gonna take a quick yeah, break. He sucks. He does. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, is the flag becoming a symbol of conservatism and hate? An interesting conversation about the Fourth of July coming up right after this break. You're listening to Drop the Subject with Jarrett and Ali on the new channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. Allie Johnson, Jarrett Hill. Monday, July 1st. A lot of people are already in that vacation mode. I can feel it in the building. Or relieved that pride is finally winding down. Yeah, it's that it's that nice like, oh, okay, that month is gone, it's on to a new one, and then you head into a holiday week slash weekend, so it's I'm feeling it in the air, this sense of relief and relaxation. It's exciting. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and we do have an exciting uh, update to the employee of the month situation with uh, Allie's ally of the week, Tim, in the lobby. He was vying for our station to be played in the lobby, which means he is a dedicated ally to the LGBTQ community. We vote. We officially made him Allie's ally of the week. Then we decided, hey, let's return the favor and vote for you for employee of the month because the employee of the month gets a parking spot, a gift card, a conference room named after them, all this stuff. So we voted and the results are in. So we will get to the results of who won the employee of the month. Was it Allie's ally of the week, Tim? Or was it somebody else? Was I know you're li- on the edge of your Was seat. his life changed? Did I know email? his last name exactly. when I nominated him? No, I didn't. <laughs> I said, I hereby nominate Tim at the front desk. <laughs> All that and more coming up right here on Drop the Subject. Uh, leading into 4th of July, I started thinking a lot about uh, the, the the American flag because I was like, oh, you know, you're walking around and, you know, every store has uh, patriotic things that you can buy that you can decorate your house with or mm-hmm. that you can, uh, uh, you know, like... Whatever. There's, there's, America, like flag stuff all over the place. Paraphernalia is everywhere. Yes, paraphernalia, yeah. And it made me think like when you see a bunch, when you're driving by a house and you see a bunch of red, white, and blue stuff decorated all over the place, do you think in your mind that family is probably pretty conservative? 
Um, I will say that nowadays, yes. As a kid, um, around this time, my, my family would put a flag out in front of the house and like, you know, take it down at night because you're not supposed to have it up without a light on it and all that kind of thing. Um, but as an adult now, it feels very differently than it used to. Right. I agree. So I was like, you know, walking around the store going, oh, should I buy something like, you know, should I get these American flag paper plates for the barbecue that I'm going to throw? Mm-hmm. Should I have this uh, pride for my flag? Or is it kind of a gross, like, does it have a taint on it now that we live in this time where America is so divided? And the the conservatives, a lot of them are like, America, 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 America. So it kind of makes liberals feel like they can't uh, don the flag with as much pride as they used to. Well, I will say as a As a black man in America, I can tell you that the feeling of patriotism has all in my adult life has always had a tinge of uncomfortability for me. Um, And I mean, I'm grateful to be in America where I feel like I have the opportunities to do things that I wouldn't be able to do in other places. But I also like that also comes along with like the reality of this country has never was never like built for me to be successful and has never, you know, seen me as a as a fully equal person to my my white male counter, my white counterparts in general and so when I, we see that with the national anthem like the taking a knee that we saw so much of over the last couple of years like the idea of patriotism has really become about nationalism right. and like this idea of american exceptionalism and and but all of that to me is really rooted in white supremacy and like and this idea that we are so we and not all of us included in that we are better than um because in america at least like when we talk about white people white people are the default for human when we talk about middle class americans and how they vote like they're talking about white middle class americans when we talk about gays in America and gay people think this and gay people think that, like we're talking about white gays in America. And so like the American conversation around what is what is truly American has always been white, which is why when we had Barack Obama and that black family living in the White House, like they were like the new American image. But that is that is gone now. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's really interesting to see how it changed. And like when 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 we uh, went on our honeymoon, we were talking to a lot of um you know, we met a lot of people from a lot of different countries and, you know, when we were doing our little excursions and things like that. And, you know, we talked to some people from Greece and they were like, I love being Greek and blah, 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 blah. And then we talked to people from, uh, you know, whatever, insert country here. There's so much pride in people from their countries. And then, like, as soon as people were asking about America, all of us were like, um, anyway, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. There, we all, everyone from America that was there visiting had no pride for their country compared to the other countries because I think that being like someone's exuding all of this pride for America insinuates that you're for all of that stuff and you're yeah. for the national and the, you know, that's the way you side with things. Absolutely. And yeah. you're like, oh, so well, I don't know. This interest, this article is interesting about liberals taking back the American flag and kind of reclaiming it and reclaiming its good symbolism instead yeah. of, you know, having it mean all this conservative stuff. Well, because whenever I hear people talk about like immigration or, you know, racism or whatever, and they're like, this is not who we are. This is not, you know, what America is. And it's like, no, this is what America's always been. Like, it's not what it's supposed to be. Like, if you like, if you look at this on paper, like what our American ideals are, you know, every man is, que- every uh, man is que- created equal and all that kind of stuff. Like that was written at the same time that human beings were literally enslaved. Right. right? And at the same time that we were Native Americans out of their out of their land so like all people weren't created equally um 
Um, and so like there's I don't know like again I'm, I'm grateful to live in America and but I think that for black and brown people in America there's always like this feeling of yeah America is is good but it's certainly not like everything that it could be for everyone right so. well I think we should just make a new one say that again Let's just make a new one, a new yeah. flag. Yeah, like, I mean... We'll all get together. I mean, uh, gays, we can take this on. We're great at making flags. <laughs> I mean, we, we this is like our comfort zone. Because we're so zone. in love with that rainbow, We can make right? flags and floats. That's what we can do. So why don't we make one that's a little, that's like, all right, that one has taint on it. That one like, represents a bunch of the old stuff. Why don't we make a new remastered one that's more inclusive? Well, I, I mean, it's either, either we need like a new symbol or a new song, but also I think like we have to be able to just be proud of the country again maybe like yeah. I think if we didn't have someone who we were so embarrassed by we wouldn't have this problem as well but yeah we'll yeah. take a quick break when we come back we've got a lot more you're listening to drop the subject with Jared and Allie on the new channel Q on the radio and radio.com drop the subject we'll be right back drop the subject Okay, the new Channel Q with, uh, and this is Drop the Subject with Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill. Jarrett Hill is in New York. I am in California, and the airwaves are bringing us together. Yes, the the technology is working now. Yep. Uh, the, all of that, yes. The modern radio technology is holding up. Very exciting. Uh, and maybe in five years, you and I will both be replaced by robots. Probably. Yeah, be replaced probably. by robots, yeah. <laughs> and they'll do a great job, won't they? They'll be so witty. Okay. It's the end of Pride Month. Yesterday was the last day. And boy, I think that we crossed over into July 1st because the Pride Parade uh, in New York was very long and went into today, this early this morning, right? 12.32 this morning. 12, 12.32 this morning. People were still marching. They were still twirling those batons in their rainbow speedos. They could not stop. <laughs> uh, but of course, people are also using Pride Month to come out of the closet. Because you can't just come out of the closet anymore. You have a good. You have to have a creative, good story behind it, or you have to have a cool Instagram post that has like an Easter egg in it. It's like, oh, once you really read this, you figured out that this was them coming out. I mean, it can't just be a simple. Hey, I'm gay, or hey, I'm bi, or hey, I'm pansexual, or whatever. It it is getting to the importance of I got to do it creatively. I got to do it like a promposal or a gender reveal. It's got to be exciting. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to find a way to, to make it pop on social media. So, like, they want everything to to have a moment to make it to have a to resonate and be able to last. And I mean, if you're a pop star, then you know that really you really want that to work for exactly. you. Exactly. Which brings me to Closet Watch. Closet Watch. We made predictions of who we think is going to come out in 2019. I actually don't know that we did a musical artist, but that is who came out this weekend on the very last day of Pride. And who do we have in that closet? (gasps) Why, it's Lil Nas X. Unbelievable! The uh, one of the artists behind the smash hit "Old Town Road," which that that song we have been talking about recently, Jarrett, because uh, one of our friends, uh, it's it's made their life a lot better in their family. Yeah, definitely. We had that story where we were talking to uh, Shaletta Brundage about her son who uh, has autism, and he uh, he, he was uh, nonverbal with autism, and he started humming or singing the words to the song, and it was the first time he'd really spoken and had learned something without really being taught it and ever since then he's you know really kind of 
made a lot of change and he's been making a lot of progress. So yeah, it was an and, exciting story we did. And here. yeah, and little and we got a, an update from Shaletta too that she's like besties with Lil Nas X now. Exactly. Like yeah. he like calls her and he's like, Keep me updated on everything. He's like the nicest guy. Yeah. Well, it looks like yesterday okay, yesterday, June thirtieth. This last happened. night. Yeah. yeah, last night. So Lil Nas X tweeted from his account. Some of y'all know this already. Some of y'all don't care. Some of y'all gonna, uh, oh, aren't Not gonna, gar- aren't me. gonna F W M no more. F with me no more. But before this month ends, I want you all to listen closely to, is it closure? Uh, I, yeah, I think that's what the, I know there's like a weird number in it and the whole thing, but yeah. Yeah, the seven is, the L is a seven. Uh, so we have the song here and these are the lyrics that he's talking about. Take a listen. I need to let go Use my time to be free It's like it's always what you like It's always what you like Why it's always what you like It's always what you like no more I think that got dumped. That was the forecast. Forecast was the word there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it was hard to pick it out. Here, here are the lyrics. So it says... Uh, True say, uh, yeah, I wish you, can you do this, Jarrett? You'll make it sound a lot cooler than me. What? I don't have... I, I'm like, I true have... say, I want and I need to let go, use my time to be free. It's like, it's always what you like. It's like, it's always what you like, blah, blah, blah. Then it goes on to say, ain't no more acting man that forecasts say I should just let me grow. No more red light for me, baby. Only green. I gotta go. Pack up my past in the back. Oh, let my future take a hold. This is what I gotta do. Can't be regretting when I'm old. So he tweeted this out along with the, you know, that chorus and then the Pride Month and the rainbow emoji. So everyone's like, okay, Lil Nas X just came out as gay. I think it's really cool. Uh, a friend of mine just <laughs> sent me a text literally in the last commercial break that was like, look at this, like an out black gay man is on the top of the, the billboard charts. And it's yeah, a really exciting moment. Pretty awesome. So, yeah, really excited for him. And um, I, it's funny because some people that I know were like, oh, yeah, I kind of knew that already. And then some people are like, what? So it's a it's an exciting time to be able to have um, that kind of representation on the charts and like having such success like um, that show, that song has been doing really well for him. So totally. I like it. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, You're listening to Drop the Subject. We've got so much more to talk about in the next two hours. Uh, You're not going to miss it. Stay tuned to Drop the Subject (laughs) with Jared and Allie here on the new Channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. This is the new Channel Q on Radio.com and your radio. And this is Drop the Subject with Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill. And we have a guest on the phone from a very, very long way. And uh, I'm very excited to talk to him because, uh, Jarrett, you told me about this film, this documentary. Yes, it's a new documentary called Call Her Gonda. It's actually, um, I saw it last year at Outfest, and it was one of the documentaries that moved me the most. And I thought um, it was it was a story that I'd never heard um, and that most people, I feel like, probably haven't heard of. And I, I thought it was so profound. Um, and so it's going to be airing on PBS tonight. And so I thought this was a perfect opportunity for us to get to talk about it. Yeah. 
definitely. So I watched this last night, and it's premiering on PBS tonight. Uh, this is the the producer and director of Call Her Gonda, uh, PJ Raval. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We're of jealous course. that you're in Italy right now. <laughs> <laughs> As you should be. It's actually really amazing <laughs> to be here. So oh, really? You. Contrary to popular belief, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Italy is actually really amazing. How exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, PJ, explain to us what Call Her Gonda is about. Uh, it is a feature documentary that centers around Jennifer Laude, who was a trans woman living in the Philippines that unfortunately was found dead in a motel room uh, uh, in the Longapo, and the prime suspect was um, a U.S. Marine. And her death basically uh, galvanized a whole um, set of activists and organizers to really pursue justice and um, hold this Marine accountable for the crime that he was um, accused of. So the thing that was kind of alarming to me was uh, this was this really was born out of an issue that I didn't even know was an issue um, about the ways that our you know soldiers can go to other countries and really kind of get away with things that they wouldn't ordinarily be able to get away with. Can you talk about um, why he was able to seemingly get away with this for so long? Yeah, it's a really complicated um, situation. But for those who don't know, the Philippines, um, you know, which is a country in in Southeast Asia, um, is a former colony of the United States. So the United States has definitely had a presence in the Philippines for over 100 years. And at some point, the United States handed back the Philippines its independence. But when it did that, it also came along with some strings attached, which was uh, the United States was allowed to have military based in the Philippines, bases, um, and along with that came uh, agreements that allowed um, military personnel to not be held um, accountable in Philippine courts or Philippine um, authorities. So basically, uh, as of right now, there's an agreement called the Visiting Forces Agreement. And if a military personnel is accused of any kind of crime, it falls into the jurisdiction of the United States, not the Philippines itself. Yeah, I mean, watching this, I have to say, it, it's enraging. Like, when I watched uh, the docuseries The Keepers, it's like it's this tale of somebody committing a crime or committing a horrible string of crimes and then not being held accountable because of, because of things like like privilege and power and politics, and it's infuriating. And I, I didn't really know, like Jared, I didn't really know what the, the, what the situation was between the U.S. and the Philippines in regard to that law. And then to know that that still exists and to know that... In the, I mean, in the documentary, you talk about how he got convicted in the Philippines. They did a whole, they did a trial. They convicted him. They had a lot of evidence against this guy, and they were like, "You're sentenced. Like you're, you have to come back here and serve your sentence." And the U.S. and the U.S. had all these ways of just being like, "No, we're going to keep him here," which just makes it even more frustrating because he, you know, for all you know, basically got convicted, and I mean, not basically, he did get convicted, and he's not serving his time. That's correct. And, I, you know, for me, it was an eye-opener as well. And, you know, I'm someone, I'm Filipino-American. You know, I belong to the LGBTQ plus community. And um, up until making this documentary, I knew very little of the Philippines, even though it's the country of my parents' homeland. Um, but one thing I will say is, thankfully, there are, um, you know, a very um, active and organized 
um, activist community, um, LGBT activists, trans activists, um, women's rights groups, you know, anti-imperialist groups. Um, and thankfully, they all banded together and were able to, um, you know, take some actual take some action. Um, PJ, talk to us about what's happened, how this uh, documentary came together and, and what it's done since it's come out. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, in late 2014, I was fortunate enough to be invited to go to the Philippines to screen some of my previous documentaries. And that's when I first learned about Jennifer Laude. And, and certainly there was some, there was some um, you know, uh, information in the media, just mostly on the initial crime. And then, I, you know, I saw some, some information on, the, on my social media feeds. Um, but it wasn't until I met attorney Virginia Suarez, who um, represents the Laude family, that I really learned more about Jennifer and kind of what was at stake. So I started making this documentary shortly after. Um, you know, we premiered it at the Tribeca Film Festival in 2018. And, you know, we're excited to have it be um, broadcast premiering tonight on PBS um, at 10 o'clock. Um, and people can check their local listings to see if that's the same in their, in their, um, uh, in their town. Um, and it's been amazing screening this film. I mean, I think if anything, it's really um, educated a lot of people, but also hopefully... Um, serves as a model to show what is possible when, um, you know, people come together and they see some kind of injustice and decide to call it out and, and decide to, you know, take uh, charge and make some change. Was it was it difficult when you were there to to get interviews from some of these other trans women that, I mean, a lot of them, you know, you cover in the documentary that a lot of them feel pressure to, to basically go into sex work for survival purposes because a lot of them are not accepted in certain workplaces. Was it difficult to to talk to some of those women and they didn't want to be seen or heard but they also wanted to you know express how they feel about this issue yeah absolutely and i think it's something from a filmmaking perspective we also had to make sure that we were um you know, um, not putting these women into an unsafe environment because sex work is still um, is still um, illegal in the Philippines, and so we didn't want to, you know, put them in any kind of danger by, um, you know, quote unquote, outing them as um, trans sex workers. But um, you know, but thankfully, part of the film follows uh, Meredith Tulusan, who is also a trans woman and an investigative journalist, and. Um, she was able to contact Jennifer's friends, and up until us filming, they had never really been on camera and hadn't agreed to any of that. So it was really quite an honor to have them uh, featured in the film and, and open up to us. But of course, we have to keep some of their um, identities um, anonymous and hidden just for, for purposes of their own safety. Right. I, I will say that watching this film um, last year and uh, and kind of like looking at thinking about the current times right now, it kind of makes me think about um, the the Netflix film right now when they see us uh, when we're kind of looking at the way that our criminal justice system and our the powers that be uh, can really change the way that justice looks for different types of people in different places. Um, and what was really interesting to me was watching uh, the people there in the Philippines really rally together around this woman um, and this story and, and you know, to see some kind of change happen. Um, I'm curious, uh, because you said this premiered last year, I'm curious what has happened since this film came out and, and since the time there. 
Well, in the Philippines, um, you know, they, they, there's currently a, uh, a bill that's in the House called the SOGI bill, which is the Sexual Orientation, Gender Identity, and Expression Bill. Um, and even in the film, one of the trans activists, Nomi Fontanos, mentions how this is a current bill that would protect the rights of LGBTQ plus individuals. And it's passed the House and now it's in the Senate. And, um, you know, Jennifer's story has definitely revived this bill. And every time that it goes onto the Congress floor, you know, her name is mentioned as a reason why this bill needs to pass. But also just from the local level, a lot of activists have been very successful in passing um, some kind of pro-LGBT anti-hate um, ordinance in their in their cities, and that's been really great. Um, and then also seeing just uh, you know people in the United States, for instance, a lot of like Asian American, Filipino American groups have been really organized and motivated to um, uh, you know um, really draw attention to the injustices that are also happening in the Philippines under the Duterte administration. And so a lot of them have been screening the film and talking about it as well. Well, PJ, I really want to thank you for joining us and thank you for for working on this story and and, and bringing it to so many people because I think it's something that, like I said, people don't even know that they don't know something like this is happening. Um, Call Her Ganda will be airing on PBS tonight at 10 o'clock. In certain areas, you might want to check your your local listings. Uh, PJ Raval, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're going to take a quick break. We've got a whole lot more. Have some red wine for me. Have some red wine there in Italy for us, for sure. Uh, We'll take a quick break. We're coming back with more Drop the Subject. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. Ah, that song always puts you in a good mood. This is Drop the Subject on the new channel Q. I am Allie Johnson. Jarrett Hill is in New York live tuning uh, with us right now and... You had a weekend that was full of World Pride business. Indeed. I had a weekend full of uh, shows, one of which I hosted. It was a queer comedy night. Of course, I'm the dumb lesbian who actually booked a straight comedian during the queer comedy oh night, God. but still. Good work. Um, she, I don't know how she ended up on my list of queer comedians, <laughs> but right beforehand, she was like, I'm not queer. Is that like bad? I was like, oh, Yes, it. it's terrible. <laughs> so I was like, anyway, this girl is such an ally that we all thought she was queer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, so that was a really fun evening. But the night before, we went to a show that a couple of my new friends invited me to. So there's, the, I feel like at this age, it's, I don't know about you, but it's hard to make new friends, right? Like, I get that. I, I have like my group of friends that I've been friends with for a long time, but to like meet someone new and be like, hey, we should be friends. Let's, you know, find ways to actually get to know each other and go on like kind of friend dates and things like that. Uh, so that's kind of where I've, what I've been doing with these, with these ladies, these two uh, ladies that are in, they're in comedy They're They just moved here from Chicago. Uh, they're super funny. We got, we hit it off at a holiday party. So, you know, we decided, hey, let's be friends with these girls. They've been inviting us to their shows, their comedy shows. They've been coming to mine. So it's like this nice new relationship, right? That being said, we don't know each other super well. So they invited us to their show on Friday night, and it was for the final weekend of LA Fringe Festival. What is Fringe Festival? Oh, it's like a big, uh, like 
festival for plays and uh, theater, like live theater. In, I know I've heard that name before. I was like, wait, what does that mean? Yeah, I okay. mean, there's different fringe festivals all over the country and all over the world. There's the uh, Edinburgh uh, fringe Festival is one of the biggest ones in the world, and that's like uh, film and stage, mm-hmm. and like just artists and performances and things like that. Okay. So uh, LA Fringe has been happening for the last two weeks. This was the last weekend. Gotcha. So they invited me to their show, and uh, me and Katie, my wife. So we went on a Friday night, went to the show. You know, for these t- two new friends of ours that we are still learning about, but they they d- have done some great shows, so we're excited to see it. And the curtain rises. And I see my new friend with boobs out. Oh. Uh, then realizing this is a burlesque show. Oh. And realizing it's a comedy burlesque show, but a burlesque show nonetheless. So our two friends that we're, you know, having this new budding friendship with, we saw pretty much completely naked gyrating up on stage. And it kind of made me go, oh, wow. I Now we've reached... Like, we've crossed a threshold in our friendship, and now I feel like I know you in a very intimate way, even though I still don't really know you that well. It's funny, because that's a moment where, uh, with a friend, I would be like, so either we are closer than we were five minutes ago, or we've crossed a line. We need to decide which one it is. Right. (laughs) And it's not like I was like, oh my God, this is making me uncomfortable. I have to wait. But I was like, what do I say after the show? If I go up and I'm like, you were, am I supposed to say really funny? Am I supposed to say really sexy? Like am nice I, rack. Yeah. Like, uh, am I supposed to comment her body? Because I believe that us as lesbians, that's something that we would like, right? So are we supposed to be flattering lesbians and say, oh, you know, I would totally take, you know, like if, if we're talking about threesomes, you are on the list, my friend. Like, are you, we supposed to say something like that? There's always a threesome conversation right around the corner, right beneath the surface. Well, Katie was the one who mentioned it first. We were walking back to the car and she was like, I could see us making out with her. I was like, okay. So but I feel like you guys have a lot of threesome conversations, but don't tend to really have threesomes. Oh, you don't know that. Well, I, well, the times that I've heard about, <laughs> they haven't happened yet. No, I think that uh, we want we don't want to orchestrate a threesome. It's got to just, just happen, happen naturally. Yeah. So, okay. so we just have like in the back of our mind, like, hey, maybe that could happen in a threesome one day. So, but at the end of the show, I was like, man, are we supposed to go up and say something about the comedy or about like, are we supposed to reference that we just saw all of their lady parts out in the open? Uh, also on their end, bold move to invite your new friends to your comedy burlesque show. Now, when you say all their parts, like you mean all their parts or just their the boobs? The boobs were out, but they had the tassels. Okay. And they did the gyrating of the boobs with the tassels moving in clockwise and counterclockwise directions, which is amazing. Uh, And then like G strings. Okay. So So almost almost everything. Yeah. And then there were things happening with some. There was some simulated stuff going on as well. Wow. (laughs) It was very, very graphic. Really funny show, but we chose at the end to just say that we had to leave, and we texted them that they did amazing and that they were very funny and very To avoid the conversation? No, no, no. Well, Katie was also, had been up since four in the morning, so she was like, I'm dying, I gotta go. But I'm like, was that super rude to leave without saying hi when they were literally bearing it all? 
Yikes. Well, we better bear it all before we um, get get run out of this segment because <laughs> okay. Justin's blasting the music. I may have um, lost some friends. That's the end of my point. Some new friends. We're going to take a quick we break. Make new when friends we ca- and lose them probably. Well, well, Taylor Swift just lost a friend uh, or probably lost a friend a long time ago. We'll talk about why she's making a lot of noise right now and why some people are mad and some people don't care. That's coming up next on Drop the Subject. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. No, we will not drop the subject. We will pick it up. This is Allie Johnson, and Jared Hill is with me, and we are about to get into a controversial topic. Yes. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. She now, brings up a lot of emotion for people. She's always controversial. Um, I feel like Taylor Swift is one of those people who people either really love or they really love to hate. Um, like uh, there's a, a whole Swifty constituency out there that is like really, really into Taylor Swift and will fight her, fight for her tooth and nail. Um, I'm really neither one of those. I I feel like Taylor Swift is one of those people who I think has like some good songs, but like always borders on problematic for me. Um, and so like I can never really love something that she's doing, but I can have a strong like for some of it. Um, you mean you didn't like her album that was just about her negative reput- uh, reputation and then another single that was called Me? Well, well, okay. So the first one, you know, you and I have had this conversation before. Like, I feel like she also is kind of one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't people. Like, she really can't win at this point. Uh. Um, and I and I mean, I don't know how much of that is her own doing and how much of it is kind of like the nature of being a pop star with a platform right now. Um, but she, go ahead. So she said that the, this is a, a story that's been very very popular over the over this past weekend and it was something that she posted on tumblr right of all places and she said that this is my worst case scenario so if you're a fan of taylor swift or not this is her worst case scenario this is the worst thing that could ever happen to her so i mean and you make fun but i also get why this is important because this is she posted this thing um this the story comes from the hollywood reporter with hillary hughes and it says taylor swift has strong words for scooter braun and big machine label group founder scott borchetta uh following the news that bronze ithaca holdings has acquired big machine label group and with it the entire catalog she released through the label so i know that's a lot of different names in there but basically Basically, um, all of her masters, all of the music that she's recorded um, with this label have now been acquired by someone else and someone else will now own all of her masters. And the person that now owns them is someone that she despises, someone that she's had a really negative relationship with over the course of many years. And many people have had really mixed feelings about Scooter Braun as a manager. Um, Scooter Braun's also known for being the manager of uh, Justin Bieber, the Biebs. Um, and, you know, he's a controversial Kimmy. figure. Uh, was he? Was, yeah. Yeah, I think he did have. He was working. I think with he's the before. former manager of them. Uh, but I think that uh, Scooter Braun is sound like the, the number one name that comes to mind when I think of an '80s villain, like an '80s <laughs> nice. from an '80s movie. Nice. From the oh from my the, god, it's Scooter Braun, and he's like, like, "What are you doing, punks?" Could we put him in the crypto? What you call it? Movie we were just <laughs> casting yes. earlier. Yes, um, I wish that I had that name right. Oh, hold on. So cryptosauridium exactly yes so uh, again from the article it says in a statement she wrote on Tumblr Swift outlined exactly why she's deeply upset with the development with this new development and directly addressed Braun and Borchetta in the press she notes that she learned of the deal as it was announced to the world and that the news immediately brought her back to the quote incessant manipulative bullying I've received at Braun's hands for years she says that you know for years she's told her label um, you know kind of horror stories of working with Scooter Braun 
on. So now the idea that he owns all of her music, I mean, I could see myself being really upset about something like that when she could have had the opportunity to buy it herself and like own all of her own work. But do you think um, it's the worst case scenario? I, I could totally you? see that from a business perspective. Like if all of the work that you've done for your entire career is now owned by someone who is effectively like your arch nemesis, like that person's not going to sell it to you at a reasonable rate. You're not going to be able to kind of like get what you deserve huh. from the work that you did. I, I completely understand why that would be a, a pretty neg- a pretty terrible opportunity. Uh, so development. He, he owns her reputation literally, and he can spoil it. <laughs> You're awful. Is that true? <laughs> you I'm are saying. awful. Okay. You. I just. I mean. I think this is a pretty serious thing. And it I is serious. It is very it. serious. It's the worst. It's the worst case scenario ever. I. I <laughs> You're. Terrible. I mean, I'm just saying there are some worse things, Jarrett. You have to I mean, to she could agree. be shot in the face. Like, there yeah, that'd be are... awful. But like, I mean, okay, I think this is... This think, now is yes. the worst case scenario. Uh, we're we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for News It'll Lose It. I've got the headlines. Ali's got the votes saying you get the news. Drop the subject. Coming right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. She's right. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill. And we move from Taylor Swift to my favorite portion of the show, which is news it or lose it. <laughs> was, that, was that the cue for the sound? Yep. That was the cue for the sound. That would be right. you, Ginger Justin. So news it uh, or lose it. There we go. Drop the subject presents... Lose it or lose it. All right. That's right. It's time for News It or Lose It, where we've got headlines. Allie, you're going to vote on what you like, what you don't. And um, I... I, oh, I meant to text Ginger Justin what I thought, how many I thought you were going to do. So I'll text him how many I think you're going to take in this story, in this, this round. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So the first headline. As Facebook cracks down on hate speech, it'll also be re-evaluating another policy. Nipples. Oh, oh man, you really, you're drawing me in with the nipple. I know. Because I was like, yeah, I don't care about, oh, nipples. <laughs> uh, let's, let's lose it. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take a chance. Miss Tennessee Brianna Mason makes history in an already historic year. Hmm, Miss Tennessee, sure. I'll okay. lose it. I think that's, that's pageant related. Yes. Okay. All right. Heat wave cooks mussels in their shells. <gasps> News it. <laughs> that was that was quite the gas. Yes. Um, okay. Mm, I know um, I want to go to the beach. That sounds delicious. All right. Because I know how you feel about this person, I thought the fact that something happened to them that wasn't great, you'd love. Here we go. Kim Kardashian ah. drops kimono line after Japanese mayor calls her out. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay. okay. Okay, sure. All right. And the dictionary.com word of the day is orgulous. <laughs> orgulous. Okay, I got to know about that. Awesome. Okay. So we've got uh, you've news Miss Tennessee Brianna Mason makes history in an already historic year. Heat wave cooks mussels in their shells. Mm. Kim yeah. Kardashian drops kimono name after Japanese mayor calls her out and dictionary.com word of the day is orgulous. All those things coming up next. Justin, how many did I say she would news? Four. Boom! <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> we'll be right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. 
Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q with Allie Johnson, Jarrett Hill, and we have more to get to before the end of the show. We always kind of get backed up. We did have a late start because we had some technical issues. I sounded echoey like I was... The voice of God. The voice of God. God. And it was really exciting. I kind of wish that we could bring that back, but... Do you really? Yes, I do. (laughs) We soldiered on. Because it sounded wild on the air. (laughs) (laughs) It was... I mean, it sounded horrible. My own voice sounds horrible. I don't know why it's not more annoying to people. Maybe it is. Maybe people are like, oh my God, get that shrill lesbian off these airwaves. But having me echo in my own ears is really like CIA torture. Yeah, it was was, kind of crazy how it sounded on the air, so... Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so we All still right. have to talk about employee of the month stuff uh, before the end of the show, and we have to talk about working from home and how a lot of people think it's not all it's cracked up to be because you know the dream is to work from home, but then when you're at you know, now more people are than ever are working from home, and it's actually a lot of people have negative things to say. So we'll get to that, but of course we have to get to the stories that I decided to news. Yes, it's time for news it or lose it. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. That's right. News it or lose it. Allie has voted on these stories. The first one is Miss Tennessee Brianna Mason makes history in an already historic year. This story comes from CNN.com and, uh, and Holly Yan. So, it's a triumphant year for beauty queens of color, and the first grade teacher from Nashville is keeping that streak alive. Brianna Mason won the Miss Tennessee Scholarship Pageant Saturday night, uh, becoming the first African-American woman to win the title in the pageant's 80-year history. Mm. Um, it's kind of wild because Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, and um, Miss, Miss uh, I believe Miss... Miss Universe, I think, Miss Preteen USA. Oh. I mean, there's there's like a lot of uh, there's there's so many because there's Miss America and there's the Miss USA um, pageant, but all of them are black women right now, which is kind of wild. whoa, really? Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, for Miss Tennessee, I would I wonder how many like African American nominees, like like contestants, there were. You know, because I feel yeah. like I mean, when I think of Tennessee, I think of it being very like whitewashed and things like that like i wonder how many like what the ratio is of people who are african-american that are actually competing and then not getting their due or if there's just like nobody running yeah yeah well right now miss usa uh 2019 is uh chesley chris she's a civil litigation lawyer um all these lawyers i know right all these lawyers and beauty pageants well because they it's a scholarship (laughs) like and they've got they've got legal fees they've got um school uh, school debt to pay off so this Um, is like the oh i'm a dancer right now to get myself through law school but like it's not that at all because (laughs) it's a scholarship program like they have to have platforms i mean obviously there's always the conversation about like swimsuit and all that kind of stuff but that's even kind of um controversial now but like all of these these people um are in college miss america 2019 nia franklin is an opera singer and arts advocate miss teen usa uh is kaylee uh, garris and she uh says it says that she first defied critics by competing with natural hair and then silenced critics by winning the national title because even natural hair um having like your natural curls yeah. like is something controversial in america um having locks and and your naturally curly hair as opposed to like getting a perm and having your hair straightened is something that is upsettingly uh, controversial in this country. So. Okay, but then if I understand that there's an, an educational aspect to this, that it's a scholarship program and all that stuff, but 
and and that these women are are competing in order to get you know to further their careers and empower, which is an empowering message. But then also you have to look hot in an evening gown and a swimsuit. It just I doesn't mean, seem to add a up for me. Side of that, that yeah, it's like, yeah. That's yeah, why I'm I mean, just like, why? I mean, I understand why, but it still seems exploitative. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the pageant world is still very controversial in that way. But I know that more and more pageants are looking at. And I believe I can't remember if it was Miss USA or Miss America that took out the swimsuit portion. Um, and, uh, you know, it's something that especially like in a Me Too era where people are, are looking at all of those things differently. Yeah. Um, it's definitely making progress there. I think they should do the opposite. Instead of bathing suit, you just like who looks the best with like the ugliest grossest clothes yikes you know just like how hot because a lot of people do that now where it's like you know you see these runway shows and they're wearing the most ridiculous crap and i feel like someone's just going how how much weird stuff can we put on this really how hot model get away with? and still have her look gorgeous <laughs> i think that's well, the direction we need to turn speaking of trying to look gorgeous with what you're wearing kim kardashian was releasing a new shapewear line that she was calling kim mono and uh that got her some backlash (laughs) thanks justin appreciate that uh this story comes from huffington post's live section with david moy and it says kim kardashian is changing the name of her shapewear line after getting a dressing down from many people including the mayor of kyoto japan the reality show star announced monday via twitter that she would no longer call her brand kimono something that she was actually trying to uh trademark um she said that she my brands she, she tweeted out the following my brands and products are built with inclusive inclusivity and diversity at their core and after careful thought and consideration i will be launching my solution wear brand under a new name i will be in touch soon thank you for understanding and your support i think she should change it to kim moto and have it be dragons oh jesus <laughs> and, <laughs> and and it'll be kim moto by dean Aris. Um, yeah, Daenerys. See what I did? That was a, a yeah. Game of Thrones reference from uh, someone who doesn't watch the show. You're welcome. I um, think that <laughs> that would be really great. I think that, uh, but then the Komodo dragon community would come out and be like, we're offended. How dare you? Offen- right. I want you to breathe fire and apologize. The uh, the mayor, um, uh, the Kyoto mayor, um, he wrote this letter saying, I'm writing this letter to convey our thoughts on Kimono and ask you to reconsider your decision of using the name Kimono in your trademark. Uh, kimono is a traditional ethnic dress fostered in our rich nature history um, with our predecessors tireless endeavors and studies and it is a culture that has been cherished and passed down with care in our living so that's maybe Kim yeah maybe Kim Kardashian was uh, the idea person for Zara for a while what do you mean like that they they were getting in trouble for a lot of the you know clothing that they were coming out with it was offending a lot of people so it seems like she's doing the same thing that seems to be a pretty common thing among brands like clothing brands for sure like what did she did she just was like hey everyone how about this and everyone around her is just like yes everything you do is amazing should what we could tell go her wrong? that this is horribly offensive no 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 no. let's just keep going with it roll with it roll with it it's fine yeah. Yeah, I, you have to wonder like who's on her team or who's not on her team that didn't see that coming. But then you also think, well, maybe they did this on purpose for the publicity. Like, who knows? I mean, you know? yeah. yeah. I never talk about her, and here I am. Here you go. <laughs> All right. This story comes from The Guardian. Headline says, heat wave cooks mussels in their shells on California shore, which, I mean, wow. I, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to the beach with some butter and garlic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And a little uh, Chardonnay, and I'm going to okay. have myself a good day. 
According to this article, a record-breaking June heat wave apparently caused the largest die-off of mussels in at least 15 years at Bodega Head, a small headland oh, yeah. on the Northern California Bay. Oh, that's where all the good mussels are. Yeah, it says that they received reports from other researchers of similar mass mussel deaths at various beaches across roughly 140 miles of coastline, um, while the people who flocked to the Pacific um, to enjoy 80-degree weather outside um, soaked up the sun, so did those mussels, um, and they... They cooked them in their shells. Oh, I know everyone talks about the Muscle Beach here in Venice, but that's the real Muscle Beach there. (laughs) Indeed, of course. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We've got one more story. What does Orgulus mean? Can you probably (laughs) guess? Can you figure it out? That's Uh, that's a tease. (laughs) That's a tease. Don't you look it up. You don't even know how to spell it, do you? I know you don't. (laughs) I keep trying to make sure that I'm spelling it correctly. Um, (laughs) Orgulus, word of the day. Can Allie figure it out? And then we'll talk a little bit more about a few more things before we get out of here. We'll see you uh, right after this break. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. A lot of people getting excited about the 4th of July vacation. Just so you know, in case you missed it earlier, there's a parasite by the name of Cryptopsiridium that is plaguing every public pool. Okay, (laughs) just want to make sure no one's too happy or too excited. Cryptosoridium. It's not I, a Harry Potter wizard term. It is an actual parasite that is uh, plaguing I think America. Justin has figured out what he's going to be naming this episode of the podcast. <laughs> Cryptosoridium? Yeah. Is that what the word is? Cryptosoridium. Cryptosoridium. Okay, so we got to get back into um, our last thing from News It or Lose It. Today, um, as you know, I kind of like to throw in like the word of the day from dictionary.com just to kind of. Uh, keep it interesting here. So this word is an adjective. It is orgulous. 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 This is a, n- again, like a not a Harry like a, Potter wizard command. I was going to say it sounds like like a, a like a, a Batman from like the '90s kind of like <laughs> villain or something. Orgulous. Um, uh, can you guess what orgulous means? It's an adjective. I'm going to go with your Batman idea, and I'm going to say it's a Batman villain, (laughs) and his superpower is that he's a bridge troll uh, with a hump on his back, and his hump has uh, magic in it, and he can throw fireballs at his enemies. So not an adjective. Okay. Um, Gotcha. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, she's like, forget the context. I, I tried Poop to give you here. on everything you just said. Here's exactly. <laughs> my theory. Okay, an adjective. Can you use it in a sentence? I've okay. So the the sentence that they have here is really bad. I literally went to every single different um, dictionary lo- place that I could online to find you a good sentence, and they're all pretty bad. Okay. So um, I'm going to use it in the sentence then. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the. The show today had its ups and downs, but overall, it was rather orgulous. Um, that's not terrible. Okay. The <laughs> that's definition... another review for our show. <laughs> exactly. Okay. The word orgulous is an adjective, and it means haughty or proud. Oh. Haughty or proud. H-A-U-G-H-T-Y. Not insta-thoughty. Um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's to be haughty or proud. Some of the other definitions um, are basically all that. Like, they all are basically about being proud or, like, you know, believing in one's, in one's uh, stees. Okay, so June was Orgulous Month? Um, sure. That could work. I yeah, we, w- could, we could put Orgulous on a flag. <laughs> 
I am orgulous of my sexual orientation. You're, you know, behaving orgulously. Right. That's a really ugly word. I feel orgulous that I was able to sit on that float and wave to a bunch of people in a rainbow speedo. Yeah. Wiktionary adds a few other things here, like ostentatious, swollen. Swollen? Swollen. That's a weird one. And even threatening. So, I mean, that kind of brings us back to Batman. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. I think that my bridge troll thing is actually, it it works. It it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. A a prideful swollen ogre? Okay, now this is going off. We're going off the rails. All right. (laughs) We'll be right back. We have to compose ourselves, get back on topic, get focused. So we can be orgulous when we return. That's true. You're listening to Drop the Subject on your radio and radio.com. Stick around. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on your radio and radio.com. This is Channel Q. Thank you for hanging out with us. And if you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter at DTS Show and on Instagram as well. Lots of fun stuff there for you. Right now, we are about to get into working from home. You know, when I was growing up, my dad was one of the people who worked from home. And in the 80s and 90s, that was like unheard of. That was like the American dream. Oh, my gosh, this person doesn't have to go into work every day. Their commute is zero minutes. What what paradise, <laughs> right? But now, more people than ever are working from home because, of course, the birth of the Internet has made it so that we can pretty much be anywhere in spirit. And... Now, they're especially the gen- Generation well, Z. Well, more than spirit, like, and actually be there. Right. Yeah. In hologram. <laughs> in hologram form, yeah. So, I mean, you pr- can pretty much be anywhere at any time uh, from, from your couch. So, they, there's a, a record number of people that are working from home, but Generation Z workers admit that they are getting a bit lonely while working from home. Yeah, I was working from home quite a bit before um, being on the radio every day and like, you know, writing for different outlets and being able to contribute in that way, you know, from home. Or For a while, I was like going to coffee shops because like being out and being social. was You got to get out. Yeah, you yeah, got to get out of the house. Like, I had a book deadline earlier this year and I was also writing articles and like I would work from like the office in my house. And I think that working from home contributed A, to me gaining weight and B, to oh, me yeah. becoming depressed. Because I, when I started working here, um, I lost eight pounds like right away, just by walking to and from work, exactly. like just, just in the like building and out of the building. Around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, and, and a lot of times we're just kind of sitting here. <laughs> the exactly. fact that you're losing weight coming to this job is is miraculous. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I've told myself like when I get back to LA, like I have to. I told myself if I if I take this job, I'll probably go and like work in the gym nearby and da, da, da. But like it'll be good for me to like be up and move, be moving and be exercising because like sitting at home, I feel like was difficult for me. If you're going to take a job like that, you have to figure out how to be social and how to get out of the house outside of work because people that's kind of built in if you have if you work outside the house. This article does have some solutions on how you can move around and how you can make your at work at working from home experience a little better because yes 43 percent of gen z workers admit they get lonely from uh, working from home compared to 26 percent of all workers so wow so one one in every four workers in general it feels depressed but it's almost half when you get to working from home and yeah i mean when i when i was working i guess i was quote-unquote working from home other people would call it being quote-unquote unemployed mm-hmm. um but I, I did not have any book deadlines like Jarrett did but um i did end up doing a lot of of my work from home and for the first few 
even for the first couple of months, I was like, this is awesome. I'm not getting out of my sweatpants. <laughs> and then after like a couple months of that, I was like, okay, why doesn't Allie put on some jeans? That's a great idea. Why don't we get dressed for the day, huh? And, you know, do something a little bit presentable. Sometimes I would change my pajama top <laughs> and leave mm, the sweats on and be like, I'm you. half dressed. Yeah. But then I would find ways to change locations in the middle of the day. Like, okay, I'm going to start off working at this area. Then I'm going to go to to the library. Like the, the library was like a safe haven for me because I was like, this is some place where I can work that's not my home. Because according to this article, like people get distracted. They're not exactly Absolutely. working 100% of the time. Uh, 32% admit getting distracted by TV. 57% admit to doing household chores, laundry, cleaning, cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, 29% have had pet or child, uh, pet, pets or children disrupt a work call while they're, while they're working from home. And then 44% of people actually said they prefer working in the office because it's easier to disconnect from their jobs. <laughs> mm. I, that's funny. I For myself, I know I, I felt like I gained weight, A, because I wasn't moving around. Like There were certain days like I didn't even have to like cross the threshold of my front door. Um, but also, like I cooked a lot more, so I was just, I felt like I was eating more than I probably would if I were walking outside the house. Um, and also, I, I turned the second bedroom in my apartment into an office, and I I thought that would be more effective for me, and for a while it was, but like being able to not just sit on my couch with my feet up on the coffee table and my laptop, I thought like, okay, I, I put another monitor in there, I put a desk in there, right. and, you know, things on the walls. You're trying um, to make your home look like an office. Exactly. It because, feels like a, yeah. a place to work outside of, like, you know, my living room. Um, and like, on some ways it was effective for me, in some ways it wasn't, so I, I feel like you gotta do all of those little things to make it work for you as best you can yeah but yeah. it can be difficult my thing was that uh, my wife expected me to be doing household stuff because i was home mm. like she would come home and be like why aren't the dishes done why isn't this done and i'm like because i was working like yeah. i was supposed to be working just because i'm home doesn't mean i'm like just running errands and doing household chores i'm actually supposed to be doing work so i mean that that's another thing is you get the expectations if you you know from the other person just if by the fact that you're working from home, but you're yeah. like, I mean, you know, you have to find ways to distract yourself in a little, a little bit because you're also staring at a computer or whatever for long periods of time. And then you're like, God, I got to get up and move around. And then you're not productive with your work day. The thing that I also <laughs> found about this for myself was that I'm such a news junkie, like surprise, surprise. Um, but I would <laughs> no. I, are you I, coming I would, out now as a exactly. news junkie? I would, I would have the TV on for so long that my Apple TV would be like, are you still here? And I'd be like, how dare you? Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> you know, are like, you still here shaming? It's exactly, real. Exactly. All right. Well, there you have it. Working from home. I mean, if you're if you don't have a working from home job, don't feel bad because it's not all it's cracked up to be. Okay, it's good to go move around a little bit, interact with human people instead of just staring at a dish that you're washing and your computer. I mean, that can definitely get depressing. Uh, more drop the subject on the way. We're going to reveal the employee of the month. How did it all turn out? Stick around to find out. Drop the subject on your radio and radio.com. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. 
Drop the subject on the new channel Q, Ali Johnson and Jarrett Hill. It has been a pleasure hanging with you today. If you want to follow up on the show, you can always follow us at DTS Show on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, the podcast is always there for you. If you missed anything, maybe you're just tuning in now and you're like, no, oh my God, this radio brilliance. What? Where can I find the rest of this? Just search, drop the subject wherever you find your podcast or on radio.com and you can listen to all of it. I love the idea that they're like in full panic. Like, where can I find the show? This geniusness <laughs> must... Okay, but before we go, we have to update you about this Radio Employee of the Month situation. Yes. So so in case you don't know all the setup, it's, this is a, a long story, but I'll get to it very quickly. So this guy, Tim, in the reception, works right here in the intercom building. He did something beautiful for the queer community. He... Talk to the higher-ups to make sure that Channel Q, this very station, was pumping in the lobby and in the hallways of Entercom, which is a tough ask because there are a lot of stations that are on here. So, of course, everyone wants their music to be heard and, oh, you know, let's play this rock music or let's play this old jam from Red Hot Chili Peppers. But, no, he vied to have us played in the, in the hallways and in the lobby. So, we made him the official ally of the week he was very thankful and then we checked in with him a week later we were like tim well how has your life changed and he said it actually had changed Uh, yeah he said that that it had never been the same that people were walking up to him and saying i heard you on the radio on channel q and i was like that was amazing yeah we're like they were like you've got nothing on uh taylor swift you are the (laughs) the ally okay (laughs) so we wanted to return the favor by getting tim elected as employee of the month now this is a a very competitive field here and there's a lot at stake the radio employee of the month gets the following they get a front parking spot in the building which is great enough as is because that parking lot gets very full very fast you get a hundred dollar gift card it just says gift card. I don't know if it's a Visa gift card or what. If just I don't know if it's to Justin Bed Bath been, and Beyond or what. Justin's been joking that it's Intercom Bucks, which really only just <laughs> gives you money at the at the uh, at the, the company kitchen. Upstairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you know what? I still wouldn't hate that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then hundred bucks is hundred bucks. <laughs> right. Uh, even if it's hundred bucks in powdered donuts. Uh, right, and you know, and, and salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> okay, and then you get a conference room named after you. A commemorative plaque displayed on the Wall of Fame. So, we needed to submit Tim for Radio Employee of the Month uh, before the end of the day, I believe on Thursday. As of Friday, I had not heard anything about who won, but I voted. I made sure that you voted, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Justin voted. I don't know who else. I don't know if there was a lot of people, but I, I don't know how many people actually participated in this, but the results are in. Oh, can we? Um, this this feels very Ryan Seacrest-y, uh, American Idol-y. Like, this <laughs> I feel like we might need to change the lights. I mean, we can probably get some suspenseful music, huh? Suspenseful music. <laughs> well, Ryan Seacrest would say, "Lights, please," or something like that. You know, like <laughs> on American Idol. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the radio theater of the mind with radio, let's just go ahead and say, "Lights, please." Lights, please. And you can just visualize that for yourself. There we okay. Go. We got an email. From the HR department. The results are in. This month's. There's only em- one way this better go. Employee of the month <laughs> is a tie. Are you kidding? Between Tim what? from reception and the other guy who works in reception. Oh my God, Jared. Jared. That's another. Awesome. J- yes. 
So Tim and Jared both won Employee of the Month equally. That's awesome. So they handle and referee the lobby with all artists and guests coming through. I'm so thankful for them. That is one of the nominee, one of the nominators quotes. Another quote reads, they're like the most reliable people in the building and always willing to help. Well, I will say the the running joke between us has been that I um, always I, I I got to know them very well because I used to guest here so much and I would be at the reception desk every day and then I got a key card and I feel like our relationship has been really distant now. Well, now I think it's rekindled because we just did them a huge favor. Absolutely, congratulations! Congratulations to, them. to Tim and Jared. So I think that we held up our end of the bargain. I mean, I'm he pretty sure we did. He you know got our station playing in the hallways. We said. We were going to make you employee of the month. We fulfilled that promise, and they let them know that they must share the parking spot. I was going to say, so they both get fifty dollars. So they, I think so. I think they have to split this stuff fifty fifty. So fifty buck intercom bucks to one, fifty intercom bucks to the other, and then they have and to half the salt and vinegar and half of their cars. Yeah. <laughs> so congratulations to Tim and Jared. I think that we uh, we did God's work today, and I can't wait for the next ally of the week because we're just going to keep. Keep returning the favor and making these people's lives better. I'm so glad that we're doing this this really important work. For I, these I agree. Lives. I agree. Um, uh, thank wow. you for okay. hanging out with us yes, today. Uh, I, yep, we've got I a. Need, huh? Oh, what? I was going to say, Beep. I need to make sure I tell people I will be on MSNBC um, at 6:20 Eastern Time, 3:20 Pacific Time on uh, on. The Beat with Ari Melber. Uh, we'll be talking about the 2020 election and the primary campaigns and how those candidates are shaping up, so you can tune in there. Um, that's the reason you people think I'm smart, so <laughs> tune into that. Yeah, if uh, you miss Jared after this, you're like, oh my gosh, the show's over, like, and I miss him more? already. All you have to do is wait like another hour and a half, and you'll get him in your in your ear holes again. There you go. So uh, I'm ex- I will definitely be watching. I can't wait to see you on TV. It'll be fun. I'm sure we'll be able to talk to about it tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I I'm having I'm in a wardrobe crisis right now. Literally trying to find a blazer because I didn't bring a suit here to New York. So oh, you know how je- you know we first. I mean, first we talked to PJ and he's in in Italy making me jealous, and now you're in New York going blazer shopping. God, I, I'm so I'm jealous. Literally online all morning like, looking all, at blazers. All like trying to find a blazer near the studio. That is lesbian clothing porn right there. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Drop the subject. On the next show, we'll be talking about these headlines. Jumanji levels up by adding Danny DeVito to their sequel. I guess the previous level was only about two feet tall. I'm hoping the sequel doesn't fall short. And we'll be talking about the woman banned from Walmart for eating half a cake in the store, then demanding she got the cake for half off guess when it comes to memorable customers, this woman takes the cake. Anyone? Good thing she wasn't arrested for salt and battery. Uh, Nothing's going to please you people. That's my time. Yay! Drop the subject. Weekdays, 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern on the new Channel Q.